Welcome to our second episode of Yes. My name is Yoko. My name is M. And I'm Sandy. So today we are going to be talking about academics, the expectations of being a student, what it means to be a good student, how your grades and GPA played into that, graduation, and all the other topics. All right, so first, um, we're just going to be explaining a bit about where we are right now in our academic paths. So um, I'm a third year. I'm studying journalism, and my minors are to be determined. I have a bit of commitment issues with it, and so right now I am exploring the social justice minor and the interior disciplinary design minor as well. I'm about to graduate soon and have lots of fears about post-grad life. Um, so I am an alumni from the U of M. I graduated with a psychology major. Um, as far as pursuing any further educational opportunities, I am thinking about going to grad school for public policy. I am not sure which one. I am still trying to figure out where my next steps in life are and if furthering my education is a step in that area. I would be a third year who would be undeclared if I was still in school right now. But as of right now, I'm taking the year off to figure out my life. I am taking care of my mental health and finding my purpose through my time away with school just to travel, work, and all that stuff, which was definitely needed, needed because I found what I wanted to be and where I'm headed for my future. So how has that changed from like the beginning of college and what your mindset was then compared to like now? It's definitely changed because, you know, I had no freaking idea of what I wanted to do. I mean, I had like passions and goals that I wanted to pursue, like fashion design. You know, I talked to many people my first year of our dorms together. Yeah. I was like, I want to be a fashion <laughs> designer and all that stuff. But, you know, those creative career fields are looked down upon on um, right. most right. Asian parents. My parents are so strict. Want me to pursue, you know, the basic health and uh, lawyers and doctors and stuff like that which is understandable yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean i'm sure yeah definitely. maybe you mm -hmm. both can relate <laughs> so now i just have a i don't give a beep mindset <laughs> about every, like anything what my parents say and stuff like that so i definitely think i it has changed because if this is my life i'm gonna do what makes me happy even though like you know the words of your parents may hurt mm -hmm. well they definitely hurt me but I'm like, this is my life, so I'm going to do what I can do. That's good. I think it's really hard to go against, like, your parents and Definitely. what they want you to do. For me, my mindset, I feel like I stayed the same. Um, I came in with journalism, and I'm still ex doing journalism, but I've always been a bit lost with my career path. And the reason I did choose journalism is because I knew it was going to be flexible and it it was going to teach me the skills I needed to succeed in any field that I went into, whether that was writing or audio or researching or like design work. Like there were always just like elements in the journalism field that I could take away from and explore more. And I just have a lot of interest is what it is really. And I want to do so much, but I know that I can't do that all at once and I'm definitely still feeling a bit lost and I think for me since I am the youngest of five from my biological mom and dad I've had less pressures I know my older siblings had more and my oldest sister um, was pushed to do the more 
um, STEM route and looking into pharmacy. And so I've been very lucky to have them sort of pave the way for me and challenge my parents a bit more. And so with me, they're a bit more lenient. But I think it's also just hard to have those conversations with them with like language barrier and trying to explain what is journalism and what is journalism in the new age because it's no longer just like hard like newspaper Mm -hmm. it's like a lot of online work and that kind of stuff and so it's a bit complicated yeah no I think like my my path has been a little different like I think as since I was a kid my parents have always put this pressure on me um as the I would say like so-called golden child to be quite honest because at a young age I was up until like pretty much high school I was really good at my academics they like my parents happiness and me becoming a doctor or on that path to becoming a doctor became my own happiness mm-hmm. so when I entered college like I was pre-med and I really thought like I should follow certain steps and I had to follow these exact steps so that I can get to where I needed to be obviously that didn't happen a lot of barriers came in the way a lot of you know bad mental health came into play and you know I think when I finally had to tell my parents that I wasn't going to pursue uh pre-med anymore that was one of the hardest times in my life I think I like completely like fell apart because I just felt like such a disappointment Mm -hmm. and I felt like this is going to be such a shift in my life in my mindset and the steps I'm going to take I now had no steps to take I didn't have a clear path and I didn't have a structure in my life and so I definitely felt lost but you know really thankful that my parents you know understand that and are um allowing of like their children to like choose their own path so really grateful having that but it was definitely really hard having to um be showcased as like future doctor of the family and like being titled that before i even got to med school right yeah so but i think now i'm um after having graduated and gone through all those bumps and curves in the road uh I am definitely prioritizing my interests, what I want to do, um, not focusing too much on what others want me to do. And I think that's how I've settled on public policy, which was a total shift from where I started. Mm-hmm. So you talked a little bit already about it, um, about like pressures and expectations mm-hmm. of doing well in school. And so where do those come from for y'all? Um, for me, my biggest pressure are definitely from my parents. They're, you know, I'm the middle child and I feel I listen to a lot of what my parents tell me and um, I always want to be like the good kid in their eyes. But, you know, growing up, I definitely don't think I can do that any longer because they're not going to be supporting my dreams and what I want to do in life. The whole college for me, um, I've been so wishy-washy and indecisive with what I want to do with my career path or where I want to go. I wanted to go into dental hygiene for them just to make them happy, just for them to brag about. But, you know, I look at those courses and I talked to my sister. You know, my sister went through a similar path. She was like, girl, just do what you want to do and don't listen to them. It's hard, but, you know, all this and that. Yeah, I really can't be kissing their ass, so to say, (laughs) all the damn time. So, I mean, even in high school, I tried my best. I was top 10, yay me, (laughs) but I did try hard. (laughs) But yeah, with like the whole get a good career to make money, you know, especially when you're from a low-income family, I get where my parents are coming from. But at the same time, it's 2020, things are changing, the world is constantly changing, and um, you can definitely find ways to get up there or Mm -hmm. make good income, not just by like doctor, lawyer, and all that bull crap. 
jobs. I mean, they're not bullcrap. Sorry, y'all. But <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, no, I think I can definitely uh, relate to that a lot because, like I said, uh, my parents were definitely a huge pressure for me to uh, do well in school and like definitely pursue like that pre-med path that I had, you know, they they always relate if you got a lot of money you're gonna have a good life and Mm -hmm. that was kind of uh my push to do well and to succeed um and then i think we can all relate to the still of like wanting to give back to your parents and so wanting to succeed wanting to have a lot of money to like give your parents things and to really take those opportunities that they didn't have Mm -hmm. is something that we all want to do but you know your own interest comes into life and like you said like it's 2020 there are a lot more opportunities for us that our parents didn't have. And I think it's definitely hard for them to understand because I still get it nowadays where my parents will tell me like, oh, just do this and this. And I'll tell them that's not how it works anymore. Things mm-hmm. are changing. The economy mm-hmm. is changing. The ways that our generation is making money is so different from how when they were making money. People mm-hmm. are TikTok famous. And yeah. I'm it's like, crazy. seriously? <laughs> People win like huge amounts of money for playing games. Right. Like, there are tournaments for that. Yeah. Do you know My how much money League crazy. of Legends players make? Yeah. It's I insane. Don't. It's insane. It's insane. I don't, but it's a lot. It's m- like millions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. My YouTube channel. Follow. <laughs> I mean, subscribe to my channel. <laughs> yeah. And I think we definitely have the privilege to get to decide definitely. what yeah. we want to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And definitely very thankful of like even getting here. Like going to college is really hard and That's having true. the mm-hmm. opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not even just college, but to be here. Like the United States just has a lot of opportunities though there's still barriers and all so i definitely like get that as well and i think something for me when i grew up was i got like money for getting good grades like every a meant x amount of dollars from my parents oh wow yeah like from my parents can't relate Honestly, I don't think my parents started doing that until my brother was born. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and so, like, that was, you know, the kind of atmosphere and that was the kind of, like, just culture that, like, I grew up in. And so I was rewarded for being excellent in school in this very, you know, one-set-mind kind of um, system. And so I think I definitely still, like, hold that onto myself and that, like, me succeeding means me having a good GPA, having good grades. And I still hold that um, subconsciously, even though consciously I know that I'm so much more than a grade and I'm so much more than my mm-hmm. GPA and that like at the end of it, like it's going to be a piece of paper and I don't even know if I'm going to use it right. really. And it's really frustrating because it's a lot of unlearning that I have to do of like letting these things go and letting my parents way of just like raising us the way that they had to and the way that they knew let it dictate like how I feel about myself and how I'm going to continue to define success for myself which can be really frustrating I think it's a lot of pressure on students to you know think about that because there's such a heavy emphasis from the society too about like being a straight A student and they're like oh what is your GPA and like Mm -hmm. the kind of classes you're taking um, can be frustrating I think something else is also like comparison and I hate this so much because like I know (laughs) I see it so prominently in the Hmong culture and often in the Asian culture of you being compared to like your with your siblings and your cousins a lot of times and it's about like like one upping each other mm-hmm. you know they're like oh you know your sister did this like my sister did a master's degree you know and so it's like 
what are y'all gonna do you know like how are you better than her or something like that which is really frustrating that is so trash because my sister got her bachelor's and even though it wasn't like anything impressive to my parents like doctor and Mm -hmm. well whatever um they're like yeah she got her bachelor's but it what is she doing now huh da, 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 da. like see no matter how far we strive for yeah. we right. will never be good enough right. exactly you're always going to be compared to like the next best thing yeah like as far as you go in your education yeah. mm-hmm. and that's so frustrating because like sandy you touch on the idea of being good enough yeah. and it is so hard when you want to give your parents everything because mm-hmm. they raised you and they went through hell and back mm-hmm. to get you to where you are and you know they sacrificed a lot. And so yeah. obviously as their children, there's like just like a deep feeling of like, I want to give you the world as well because like yeah. I love yeah. you and you've done so much for me. And it's really hard when whatever you do is not good enough yeah. or never up to their standards mm-hmm. and having to reach for the moon but them saying you need to get to like a whole nother universe or something mm-hmm. and i think if we, we re- really relate this to like historical past historical trauma like our parents came here for a better life and yeah. definitely we are like their wanting definition of like the american dream mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. successful having a house making sure you're able to take care of yourself you know they definitely paved that way for us to be able to like use our privilege to take these opportunities um but that's that's pressure in itself mm-hmm. like that is a pressure in itself to like think that i need to do well so mm-hmm. that so that i can take care yeah. of you yeah. so that your sacrifices mm-hmm. aren't like like they weren't yeah. meant for nothing or yeah something. exactly and i think mm-hmm. there's like another layer of complexity because often like being a second gen means that your parents might not have gone to college and they mm-hmm. might not really understand just how hard it is and how much is going against you already as a person of color mm-hmm. um and coming from like whatever socioeconomic background you come from and i come from low income background and i have to rely on scholarships and grants and like money from like the government to be able to afford my education and then having to figure out okay now i'm in like how do i even you know manage all of my classes and the stress that comes with it and the mental health that like that i'm going through that they may never have figured um may never have gone through before so it's hard to like ask for them for like advice or ask for them to be understanding because that can be really hard to translate when one has never really gone through that experience yeah Yeah, so just that already touches on what kind of barriers that students face so what have y'all faced um in school or are facing right now uh, yeah, so when I was in school, I think there was always just, like, a constant flow of you have to just keep going. Like, no matter what you're going through, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever it was, like, you just have to always keep moving. You don't really have a time for a break to just process and reflect. And I think that's why, like, so many, like, people our age who are in college or not, like, they just have such bad mental health. Is because they don't just take that time to just do self-care or knowing your own capacity and you always just want to go above and beyond or just you just want to keep loading things onto you when you should be taking those breaks so that's definitely um 
one of the barriers that I had that I had because I definitely struggled with a lot of bad mental health while balancing academics the pressures that it came to doing well Mm -hmm. figuring out what I wanted to do in life and then also taking on extracurricular um projects too so uh yeah I definitely agree with that um with the fact that we feel like we always have to keep on adding and I don't really you know know where it stems from I but from my own experiences, I feel like it stems from being a Hmong woman. And from being a Hmong woman and going through all these challenges and oppression already and the end, the end coming out resilient, which is a great thing to have. And that is definitely something that keeps you going for the long run. But it's this mindset of always having to be productive. But the thing is, also, I know that it's not just me. Like, I have, like, fellow, like, students who don't identify as, like, a woman and feel this pressure to always be productive. And I think it's this, like, maybe, like, mindset of having to do more than others. And going back to comparison and um, feeling guilty for being productive really you feel guilty for being productive holy shit that's like a whole new like i don't know yes yes and then i also feel guilty for not being productive yeah Yeah. i know i definitely get that like i always feel guilty for not being productive like Mm -hmm. darn i'm not where i this is not my full potential Mm -hmm. i know i can do better but then like you know there's so much more like so much you can do that i know i have so much potential but i can't get there because of all these Mm -hmm. stuff weighing me down which you know whether that's mental health my um physical health um mm-hmm. you know things happening at home right. and all that stuff so like i don't know that just opened my mind like doing too much makes you feel guilty too i don't mm-hmm. know that's something new to me yeah because like i go through the cycle of okay i'm really stressed and i have all this academic work right and then like i feel guilty because i'm taking a break right but then i like go back into it but i'm like but what is it that my body needs? And am I listening to my body? And am yeah. I responding in the correct way to sustain um, a system and habits that are healthy for me? And so sometimes I do feel guilty for being productive. And when I said it, I didn't realize I was saying it, honestly. <laughs> um, I was like, actually, yeah. Like sometimes like when I'm like just like loaded with a bunch of stuff, I'm like just going at it. I'm like, but I need a break. And I can't keep doing this and I can't keep just pushing myself because at some point I'm going to burn out Mm. and that's not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. I think if like our barrier of ourselves and our own expectation ourselves definitely comes into play as well. Like that always thinking like that mentality of if you work hard, you'll succeed. But then if you work hard and succeed, are you going to be happy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that also goes into what is success and how do we define success? Because I think often as we grow up, our parents define success for us. And it's mm-hmm, often in mm-hmm. education. And so that's what it's, we uh, we strive for. And, and it's in the job that you have, the pay that you get. But growing up, you come to unlearn things and relearn things and define things for yourself and go on your own path. Yeah. And people see success differently, too, like which is a whole new topic that um, can we can go on about. But I feel success is how you define it. To me, I think my parents think success means, you know, getting your master's or a level of education and a lot of money, then you're successful in their eyes and 
other people's eyes, which goes back to comparison with like you know Hmong people relative I don't know I'm pretty sure it's not just like Hmong people Mm -hmm. um a lot of other ethnicities as well that can relate but yeah now I'm questioning what my success looks like and even though I'm not where I want to be I have success like have succeed things that I've accomplished so to say you know like I'm not successful but I have succeeded things little by little or my success like definitions of success and stuff like that Mm mm-hmm and sort of going back to the original question of barriers, I think something else that I do think about is that like we go to a predominantly white institution. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that can be really hard when the system is not built for you to succeed and you getting here is already like such a struggle. And then you staying here and graduating is like a huge mountain to overcome in itself. And like what are the resources that are there for you? Who are the professors that are teaching you? What is the content that you're learning? And it's just a lot of questioning of, like, why am I even in this sometime? I don't know. I had a class um, first year or second. I don't remember. It's all blur. But um, there's this white woman teaching about white privilege. And I was I was like, I didn't think about it until the class was over. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. That's and then, like, someone, a friend was like, well, then what would the white kids in the class say like they would probably feel offended and i was like then we're catering to their comfortability and that's not why we're here and why i'm like questioning this teacher and i did not like this teacher at the end of it i forgot to give her about evaluation Mm -hmm. which i should have been like this class sucks she's terrible but um anyway yeah i was so confused to why a white woman Mm -hmm. was teaching a white privileged course yeah i think that can lead into like another barrier of like not having role models who look like you who identify with you because i think my biggest problem in college was also not reaching out for help whether that be with my academics or with any other thing that i needed help with i didn't feel comfortable going to a white professor Mm -hmm. (laughs) or Mm -hmm. a white therapist and telling them my problems because i just felt like they would not be able to relate to me like a lot of the a lot of our problems also stem from like Things that we have to go through within our own mm-hmm. culture, yeah. with their own family dynamic, things that they will not understand. And so, like, not having that representation on a predominantly white campus with white facilitators and professors and things like that, like, it's really hard to reach out and get that service that you need. And even with the services that, like, we do have on campus, like, we have APARC and all the cultural student organizations and MK um, and other centers on campus, like, it's really frustrating when space is limited and when funding oh my goodness. is like not distributed well and like not enough funding is given to these spaces mm-hmm. and they have to work with what they're given and it's hard to fight back and it's hard to fight against that system and and the end being so drained and you're only here for a certain amount of time as students too mm-hmm. and so it's really hard to like look at the you and be like oh yeah we value diversity but then when you dig down deep and like really see like where are they putting the money what are they actually saying what are the policies that they have and and start questioning and like where do their values lie Mm -hmm. this is going to a whole different topic but looking even at the board of regions like this is still about academics yeah it's it's just frustrating when like the majority is still you know like white Mm -hmm. predominant and men um though it has been getting better over the years and it it is a continuous battle and struggle that we will continue to fight i think it's funny when a white student complained about the multicultural <coughs> student groups are exclusive 
and they feel uncomfortable that they're not included and i'm like dude this whole school is predominantly white and mm-hmm. like every freaking everywhere you go is mm-hmm. white and so just sh- just just shows how much privilege you have exactly oh my gosh that yeah. like that moment that you walk on like maybe second floor or other like cultural spaces that is how we feel everywhere on exactly. campus and every single classroom you walk to and every sidewalk we go on to like the mall strip that like we walk on like it is that constant feeling of i don't belong here yeah. and like how am I even here? Did they make a mistake in this feeling of being an imposter? And it is really frustrating to have to live that every single day. Like those spaces exist because we've had to create that for ourselves. Like we have to be the one fighting to keep those spaces alive in order for us to be even included into the conversations. Because if we don't fight for that funding, if we don't fight for our room, fight for these events, and then we no longer exist and we are not a part of history and we don't get to just be a part of that conversation. Yeah, so with like all of this systematic oppression, racism and barriers that we have to face in academics, like um, as someone who is post-grad, I can say it doesn't end. <laughs> as unfortunate as it is, in the jobs that I've had now entering into the career force, uh, you definitely still have to use your, you have to fight t- like twice, three times, 10 times as hard as the white person next to you to even be heard. And, you know, like age plays a factor in this too because I've also noticed that I'm usually the youngest who is working at the company that I have worked with before. Yeah, when it it comes to uh, spaces, I have definitely talked about creating more spaces, creating more validation and community-based resources within my workplace. And a lot of times they are um, overlooked because of that goal of, well, we got to get these numbers. Uh, We're trying to get this direct target, but they don't really know how to relate to it. They're also not being empathetic towards the situations and being culturally humble towards what they actually have to go through. And so a lot of times, a lot of these things are overlooked for um, the bigger scheme, which is to continue holding up white people. And instead of helping those who are of color in the communities that we should be helping, they're instead of just obliging to the rules that they have to face. And I've worked a lot within, um, you know, the government area of workforce. And so I can definitely say, like, uh, there's still a lot more work to be done. I agree. I think that as we continue to take these steps forward, it sometimes feels like baby steps. Um, sometimes it feels like we're going back a couple of steps but fact is like I know I often feel like I don't have a choice of fighting this or not that like I have to keep going and I have to keep going on this journey and that things will get better and that like we pass down all these things like a better world to the new generations in hopes for their passion and their drive to pass us To all the people who are still undeclared, who has no idea what the fuck they want to do with their lives, don't worry. You will find your purpose. I hope, like me, I'm taking time away from school. I am traveling. I'm working. I'm figuring things out as I go. And it's okay to not have your your life figured out and all that stuff. But just know that you shouldn't settle for just one thing. Unless you want to. But, like, you can do so much more because you have so much potential. Figure out your passions and 
all that jumbo and you know hopefully you find what you want to do just don't settle for less to those who are feeling very heavy you're not alone and this feeling will pass and you're going to come out of this even stronger and having learned so much from your experiences and that you're going to continue on to accomplish great things and find your passions in life and make a great impact on the world however you see to it. To all of my post-grads or um, coming up graduates uh, and finding that you have no idea what you're going for, um, are scared about entering into uh, adult life, so they say, just know that it's okay. It takes time. You're still finding your interests. You're still finding your path. And uh, college uh, isn't wasn't the only journey to find your interest in what you are wanting to do and what you're wanting to pursue. So keep going with the opportunities. Take what you can take. Um, keep speaking up for yourself and find that passion to find that workplace or for, further your education. All right. Song of the week. <laughs> <laughs> To end off this episode, we are going to continue with our song of the week. For this week, we have Underdog by Alicia Keys. She is an amazing artist with great vocals. Not sponsored. But please sponsor us. <laughs> we love her, though. <laughs> um, underdog is, like it says, about the underdogs, about those who are often not seen, mm-hmm. um, not credited for, and not represented. But we see you. we frankly are you and that you're We're gonna in this together yes you're gonna come out great <laughs> from all this, this. <laughs> don't forget to like us on facebook um follow us our instagram and be on the lookout for more episodes and having conversations with us